Hey everyone, welcome back to the N Studio podcast. Um, today, your two favorite co-hosts, Rachel and Franks, are here with a very special guest. He is a not only a returning guest to the podcast, but also the former host of the N Studio podcast. We are here today with Quinn McFadden. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How is it going for you? Oh, just living the life in Denver. Happy to All be right. on. Well, thank you for coming back to the podcast. I know it's been a while, um, but thanks for making a return. Um, we're here today, obviously, to talk to you about a couple things. Obviously, you graduated and moved to Denver, but we heard you also are just finished writing a book. So we wanted to find out a little bit more about that. So I think we'll just jump right in. Um, so to kick things off, I guess, what is like the post-college now, like fresh graduate kind of getting into the flow of like being in the actual firms like? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, some students are having two and a half, three years of professional internship experience of working full time throughout school. Um, uh, and uh, having that experience, I thought I would know for the most part what professional life would be like. Uh, it's a pretty slow start. Uh, you kind of get to learn and acclimate yourself with your team. Uh, for me, I was acclimating myself with a brand new city um, and environment out in Denver. Um, but really, I jumped head uh, head first into the work and was throwing some projects and I've been a design lead on a few here and there and it's just been a very exciting uh, very fulfilling experience um, I've also had a very unique opportunity that I've been able to grab the reins of projects uh, with my firm of Holland Basham Architects uh, with some affordable housing work that we're doing um, and being able to be uh, an expert in the field and being able to speak firsthand about what to do and how to do something to, uh, to really become uh, um, an industry leader, hopefully over the next five to 10 years. That's really cool. And kind of leads right into our, some of our other questions, which is, can you tell us a little bit about your book? I know it's about, um, you mentioned sustainable housing, and that's kind of like the topic of your research and kind of what you continued with your book. But can you tell us a little bit about like what what the book is about? Yeah, so uh, my book, Prototype and Attainability, which is a guidebook for urban infill housing, um, is... A portion of it's branched off of my thesis that was done at UNL over the past um, year when I was in school. And uh, as a part of my research and some of the grants I received, I had set off as this goal that in order for attainable housing to truly be attainable and reach of communities of implementing it, they have to have the resources available to be able to implement and learn about these policies and these changes and these design outcomes in order for attainable housing to make its way into each and every community. And so with that, it was a big dream during my thesis to have this book ready to go upon graduation and have it sent out. And in reality, it was a pretty good draft by the time it was done. But that's the reason uh, why I pushed it and kept going uh, through the advice of mentors, uh, friends, colleagues, and other professionals uh, uh, to really devote some time into this book to make sure that I was able to go out uh, and be accessible to the general public and uh, 
community so that they can learn from the things I studied and implemented. And hopefully they can start to take bits and pieces of this, if not the whole projects and start implementing them into their own communities and neighborhoods. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Um, one thing that you kind of touched on earlier was kind of taking the lead on some of those more sustainable housing projects through your firm already. But what are some other ways that writing this book and publishing it has like kind of affected or like impacted your career so far? Yeah. Um, on my first day of work, uh, I pitched this idea to or pitch my final thesis presentation to the members of our affordable housing uh, and our multifamily housing uh, kind of groups and design teams within our firm. And immediately after the principal, one of the principals of our company came up to me and said, hey, what are you doing later today at like three, which was I think like an hour or two away from the meeting I just got out of and said, I want you to take this idea, what you, pitch to us exactly what you just present. And I want to sit you down in front of a couple developers and go through this idea. This is really big. And I can't believe we have you on our team. Um, and so I thought, oh, cool, whatever. You know, it's just my first day. I'm in Omaha for a couple days before I move out to Denver. Maybe they're just kind of playing it up to make me feel special before I go off to our Denver office. Uh, little did I know for the next, uh, it's been about four months now, at least every other week, if not more frequently, I'm pitching these ideas to developers, uh, local organizations, uh, um, and I'm really helping our company look at and help um, creatively rethink some things that we're doing when we're approaching affordable housing. And it's really great because seeing these other ideas come into play, seeing some other really great precedent projects and financing tools and implementation practices has allowed me to go ahead and take a different look and insight into my research I did while, while at UNL and continue it on um, to really kind of breathe some new air and fresh air into the book and make sure that it is still uh, practical and it's relatable given our current conditions. So it's been, it's been really insightful and it's helped out uh, my company, it's helped out me, um, and it's helped out this book in the process. And I'm really excited for all of you guys to read it. That's really exciting. That's cool that it was able to be something that like could actually become a reality. Um, so you said you wanted it to be um, available to the general public. If someone wanted to read your book, where would they be able to find it? Yeah, I'm sure these uh, wonderful hosts and AIS chapter will provide you a link. Um, but the book is uh, self-published through Blurb. Um, so you can check out uh, my Instagram accounts. Uh, most likely will have the link in it. Um, or uh, I'm sure NStudio will provide that link when this episode comes out um, to you guys. But it will be available for purchase there. Um, and one of the key really important things. I really was trying to keep this book as affordable and attainable as possible, because what's the point of making a book about attainable housing if it's not attainable in price itself? Uh, so just know I make a really, really, really small cut out of the book funds. I believe I'm still working through the final details with Blurb, but the book should be about $30 um, come publication time. We definitely will put a link in the description of this podcast. So if you are interested in checking out the book, you'll be able to find it there. Or like Quinn said on his Instagram, um, it should be easy to find. So we'll make sure you guys can get that if you'd like.
We'll try to put it on the link tree. Try to. I can't promise it, but it'll be in the link of the bio. So <laughs> there will be a link somewhere, maybe multiple places. Yeah. So you had mentioned that it was that the book itself was sort of at like a rough draft sort of like spot when you graduated. Um, was there anything that like changed drastically from then to like now having it fully published? Any like design changes or like even content related changes that you would have like added? Yeah, so during school, I believe it opened up. It was an introduction, the three projects, and I think that was it. Um, so maybe I collected a four page, four chapters, um, and the book was maybe about 45 pages. Um, after doing that and seeing some of these processes and the professional side work through and talking with local communities, I started to understand where there were holes in both my research and then also the content I created. and how do we go about learning about attainable housing? How do we go about talking about the policies that are currently in place for cities to implement these things? And, uh, and then also how, how do we actually do these different kinds of housing techniques inside of our communities? And so that's what really went back to the drawing board. I believe the uh, book is now at like eight chapters um, and has uh, double, doubled over in size and formatting and better diagrams now that there's something called free time um, uh, post-graduation. So it's really taken, uh, the content and the ideas are the same from before, but the book and the way it's been communicated has really taken a 180 degree pivot and has really stepped forward in a really, really good direction. I'm really happy that I had that time. If I had published back then, uh, I don't think this book would have been that great. Um, And I don't know if I would have wanted my name attached to something like that. It was a good working draft, but uh, as we know in architecture, most projects are never truly done. And it just takes that time to step away from a project, come back to it, to realize the potential it has and the weaknesses it has so that we can go ahead and better those projects uh, into the future. That's awesome. I'm glad that that was able to kind of take a step back from school and uh, get that improved. Um, You said you had more free time since graduating. Um, Obviously that's one thing that you've noticed from the transition to like working from school but um have you found that that's like generally the case more free time um than when you were in school oh yeah i would 100 percent say so uh talking with my friends that are still in the master's program um here and there every now and then something will come up i'll send them a message and they're like man how do you have time for that i was like it's amazing when you're done with school there is a ton of time now grand i still work like a 7 a.m to 5 p.m uh kind of day i do my work answer phone calls always pick up the phone after work type thing to make sure designs are moving forward and our clients are happy Uh, but the work-life balance is definitely you know a balance post-graduation um and it allows you to be a little bit better. And when you're in the real world, if you're with a good firm, which I'm really grateful I am, um, you know, you have that ability to, you know, be an adult and take time when you need time, um, put pause and so forth, which is something you don't really have the benefit or pleasure of doing while in school. Yeah, that's so, nice to hear. Great, <laughs> great something to look forward to for everyone listening who's still in school (laughs) 
I was just about to say that exact same thing. I definitely have something to look forward to. It's definitely um, worth it. Um, now, ask me again in like six months while I'm <laughs> in for the ARES, and I might have a very different answer. Yes, there's free time, but there's still things you have to do to pursue your licensure post-graduation, which sucks. Yeah. But that's the way it is. Well, I'm glad that you've gotten at least a bit more free time. Um, kind of speaking of that, we'll we'll throw a more a fun question in there. Not that this hasn't been fun, but uh, we'll throw in a we like to throw in some fun ones. Um, you mentioned that you moved to Colorado after graduation. What has been your favorite thing about living in Colorado so far versus obviously Nebraska beforehand? Well, it's not Nebraska. That's probably the simplest answer. <laughs> um, but the proximity to activity, I think, is kind of the the biggest one. Um, when I moved out here, it was really important for me. You know, Denver's a big city. There's a lot of people who commute every day in and out. Most of my coworkers commute a half hour or more into the office each day, to and from the office each way. And I knew I didn't want to have that lifestyle. Um, so I live right down in downtown. I'm a 10 minute walk away from my office. Um, I'm a 10 minute walk away from anything I need. Um, but more importantly, I'm an hour's drive away from the front range of the Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountains. And uh, um, each and every weekend I go up and out and do something fun in the mountains with friends. And it's just something, I mean, you can have an active lifestyle in Nebraska, but when the mountains are in your backyard, it's a little different. Um, it definitely makes it a little bit more fun. <laughs> And it gives you something to look forward to each week. Like, you know, I think about it going back to our last point, like in school. Yeah, maybe it, during the fall, you took your Saturdays off so you could go and tailgate and have fun at the Nebraska games and watch us lose and all that fun stuff. But then uh, um, and then the winter, you chose something else and so forth. But really, you got that maybe like four hours to a whole day if you were lucky to truly take a break and then continue on. Um, whereas out here, you know, the weekends for the most part are on you. Um, so being able to go out and do those kinds of things is a really good thing to look forward to. And then also has really served as a really strong mental reset for the week going into it. So highly recommend yeah. getting out of Nebraska if you're thinking about it. <laughs> That's good to know because I feel like a lot of people are already like talking about wanting to go like out of state and all this stuff, but that's a good, good yeah. thing to know. Good thing to um, think about. You did mention that you are studying for your A-R-E for our grad, like our upperclassmen and our like grad students. What is that like? Um, I haven't started my ARDs yet because my goal was to get this book done by the end of October and then I'd start studying November and I didn't have to worry about that. Um, but you know, I put myself, if you're listening to this and you're a younger student, um, uh, if you're a younger student listening to this, if you don't have an ARE record set up and you're working for engineers or that kind of thing, I'd highly recommend, um, starting your AXP record because you can start working on those hours right away. Um, so like, because I had that opportunity to do so since I was about a sophomore in college, um, I'm only about 20 weeks away from hitting my hours. And then my goal is to hit my licensure by, um, 
one year of graduating, which is a really bold and ambitious study um, and goal. But um, the sooner you get licensed, the sooner you can kind of relax and not have to worry about all these extra things to do on top of your actual job. Yeah, that's a, that's a good note. So for all of our uh, grad students out there, it's never too early to start studying. Yeah. Um, so to kind of bring it back home to good old Nebraska, um, is there anything that you miss from our call and more specifically the vending machines along with just like general our call culture? I don't think I use <laughs> food out of those vending machines, uh, which I would highly recommend everyone else to. I'm not a sandwich person from those disgusting prepackaged <laughs> nuclear bomb shelter sandwiches. Um, no, but, you know, I do miss kind of the community of architecture hall. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I moved out here uh, with a couple really close friends. Uh, so I have some connections out here, but, you know, making, making friends as adults is really hard sometimes. Um, and in like architecture, you're forced into all of your relationships. I think all my best friends over throughout college are all from studios, um, or a grade or two above or below me. Um, and so you don't get that same kind of community when you come out here, um, or anywhere outside of school. So I miss that kind of aspect for sure. Yeah, I'm only on this podcast because Rachel and I are forced to be together in studio. <laughs> yeah, that's, the only, that's the only reason. That's how we're here. How we got here. No, that definitely makes sense. Like, there's a lot of time where you're spending with a lot of people in close proximity. And it definitely makes it easy to just, like, start a relationship with someone. That's how we're here. <laughs> definitely how we got here. <laughs> I don't know if we really have anything else, though. Not I'm gonna lie, think pretty much covered it. We've talked about the book. We've talked about sort of the transition between school and work. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd yeah. like to share with the podcast? Um, I don't think so. Well, actually, I've got one. Um, you know when I thought I was going to do thesis, I was like, who the hell would torture themselves and do some sort of project for nine months? Like that sounds awful. And I kind of took a gut instinct of doing it because I was sick of doing studios. Um, and thankfully Jeff Day agreed with my standpoint um, and, for, and pushed me into it. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have found this passion to design attainable and sustainable housing options. I wouldn't have gone on and won some awards uh, in school. Um, and I wouldn't have gone on and uh, wrote this book. Uh, so doing a thesis can be really, really impactful because it can make you become an industry uh, expert in something within our profession, which a lot of 20-somethings don't really get the opportunity to say. Um, it doesn't feel real most days. It definitely didn't feel real when I uh, got the proof of this book in my hands a couple of days ago, but I highly take a risk on it. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to hate a semester and drop out a thesis and do a studio next semester. But it's, it's really, it's, it's one of your last opportunities to explore something full on before you get in the profession where that kind of opportunity just rarely ever comes along. So I take another guess or another look at doing thesis. If you're on the fence about it, it's truly a really great thing to spend your time in. Well, it's nice to hear sort of the 
on the other side of thesis perspective yeah. on that. I know last time you were on the podcast, it was <laughs> mid Unfiltered. And we might have had slightly different opinions of it. But oh, I'm sure I'm we did. Glad I'm, to hear I'm that positive it, we that had different all... opinions. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that it all um, actually worked out in your favor and that ended up being a good decision. So if anyone out there is considering thesis, Maybe listen to this one and not the other one. Yeah, don't listen to the other one if you want. If you want to look at if you would not recommend the other one. uh, Confidently and not terrified. (laughs) Stick with this one. No, there's great advice in all of them. Well, I think that that is all that we have for you today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for coming back. Um, making a guest appearance it was great to have you and thanks. as always, thanks for having me so glad to be on you're welcome anytime so yeah if you ever just are mike's always ready pop on to a podcast i think i think you guys in the college have had enough of me for six years um <laughs> i think these small bursts of quinn is just what you need and as much as you guys can handle, we'll so put up, we all keep it up. We'll put up a poll in the in the description. How much Quinn would you like to see on this? Podcast? Yes, we'll put some different amounts. We'll see what people say. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us some great insight. We will have that book linked in the bio yep, and in the, the Instagram. We'll have Instagram's tagged. All the good stuff. Anything you ever but, want to know about anything we'll put it there (laughs) yep but until next time this has been n studio podcast stay hydrated